I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. What's up? Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. After a few small, slight technical difficulties, we are finally here, live, in the group, allegedly. Allegedly might be the way. I'm Jay Pitts, by the way. Yeah. Hey, Jay Pitts. Gabe Prude here. Yeah. Well, you said your name. Oh, okay. Good. I just didn't say mine. But allegedly might be the best way to put it. Marcy, are we, are we online? Great. Okay. Because we're not, the Facebook group is not showing. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait for it. Nope. Still just Tim Tebow. <laughs> you might have to refresh your page. Well, let's just see about that. Anyway, we're here. Yep. We're bringing you, this is actually as dysfunctional as it sounds. This is the premiere episode of season three of resource. I can't believe it's been three seasons, even though it's kind of an ambiguous uh, amount of time. The first season was like a year and a half. The second season was like probably three quarters of a year, but it was a new year. This is, we're recording this in the second week of 2020, like the first actual business week of 2020. So it's officially a new year and officially a new season of resource. Yes. Yeah, so apparently we are online. I have refreshed my Facebook feed and Mally Wonderlet confirms with the hi. Hi, Mally. I'm going to throw a like on that comment. Perfect. We are back. Season three pretty excited about it. You know, we've kind of moved in a little bit different a direction. Season one was more global, more yep. real estate industry trends and guests from all over the country. Um, you know, some some kind of uh, really high level cameo visits that we have. Mr. Indeed, Tom Ferry, yeah. Chris Smith of Curator, Bill people Pipes. like that, Bill Pipes, Debbie Holloway, several other team leaders uh, that I've had the pleasure of connecting with. Season two was kind of a reset and more of getting down to a little bit more tactical level versus th- theoretical. And then we kind of finished off season two, kind of where we where we pick up here with a more local spin. Right. Um, so so we've re- renamed the show Real Talk About Louisville Real Estate, where we talk about Louisville trends, Louisville happenings, things that are having to do with our local market here and guests of the local persuasion, those that are having success at one thing or another. We don't have a guest today. You're just going to have to deal with Gabe and I sure. uh, alone for the first episode of season three, but we'll be back next week. With we a, do have some really exciting guest. guests planned that we're excited to bring to you. Our big, our big focus is to bring these kind of local real estate leaders that you probably know. Maybe you've done a deal with or you've talked to and kind of hear how different people in our city are do you know doing their real estate business and see if there's anything you can pick up on improve on use to change your own business yeah absolutely and you know today what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do a little bit of a a tease at season three but we're also going to talk about something that's relatively timely which is it's january it's not the holidays anymore i posted on my instagram stories the other day that like literally this monday was the start of the first full week post holiday after you know three weeks of those those of us out there that, that probably that have children that were home from school that don't like literally some days you wake up and you don't know what day it is because we were in this like time warp 
of year end, no child care kind of craziness. Yeah. And there are no more excuses. I know we got another holiday in two weeks. My wife made that painfully clear to me in a, <laughs> in a, in a nice little DM within probably 30 minutes of posting. But at least we can turn the page, right? which exactly. is what you should be doing and getting down to action, you know, step-by-step execution of what leads you down the path to achieving your goals. Absolutely. I feel like, I think I read something that was like probably on Instagram where someone said like the time between December 25th and January 5th is just like this fog where you have no clue what day of the week it is until it's bad. It's like, just there's no clue what's going on. Well, especially this year when both, you know, the holidays always fall on the same day of the week. Right. So it's like you basically get a two-week repeat, right? One of which is maybe slightly more stressed than the other, right? You know, because the Christmas holiday tends, you know, Christmas Eve and travel and such is a little more hectic for some people. Um, Certainly more meaningful and, you know, valuable than New Year for me. But at the same time... Um, you do get some stress alleviated that second week. It's a bit more restful, but you get that holiday smack in the middle of the week this year. Both weeks were on Wednesday. Right. So with a Wednesday holiday right in the middle, it's like, you don't, do you work Monday? Do you work Tuesday? Do you take off Thursday? Who knows? Like, let's just take two weeks off. Exactly. It's kind of what it seemed like. But anyway, we've also got something else that we might, if we have time, get to something that Gabe and I are both fairly passionate about. Something else um, relevant and timely. Which is, which is extremely timely, but not relevant. No. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I should say. And that is Star Wars Episode Nine, mm. um, which is turned out to be fairly polarizing. We might give you our opinions on that. If we I have, have time. thoughts. Yeah. You have thoughts, I'm sure. Well, I don't want to get right down to that. So let's come back to it. Um, and let's, and let's talk about, let's talk about what we do in January. Sure. Because one of the things that I see a lot of, especially online, when you get in the first few weeks of January is everyone, and I don't have a problem with this. Some people hate this. Some people are whatever. A lot of people posting about their New Year's resolutions, right? So you've got your resolution people. You've got your word people. I'm a word person, personally. I was a resolution person until I never accomplished one and I switched to words. It's a lot easier. Um, but you know, you have everybody posting this like kind of newfound excitement about opportunity and it's, you know, you're turning the page. It's a, it's a blank slate. All that is good. But in real estate, in the business planning world, uh, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that's the kind of stuff that we're doing way before January, right? When we're forecasting 2020, we're building goals or maybe it's something you should be thinking about long before January. So my question is, if now is not the right time to be forming your 2020 goals, obviously, if you don't have any, maybe it is the right time. Yeah. But if you've already formed your goals, you've got a clear roadmap for 2020. What are these first couple of weeks of January while everybody is still kind of like sleepily shaking. getting out of the holiday grog? What yeah. should you be doing? Shaking off the cobwebs. Okay, so Gabe's exactly right. If you don't have goals, be in the minority that do have goals. Get sure. yourself there. If you find yourself in a place where you care, you actually give a damn, but you just haven't done it yet. Well, get it together, okay? Spend some time focused on what you want to achieve, you know, and then we can build plans surrounding those endeavors, right? So like if it's a if you're a real estate agent obviously because you're listening to this show, then it's probably a unit goal. It might be a unit goal rooted in an income goal. You know, you need to know some some basic planning tells you that you need like an expense-based budget for both your personal and your business. Okay. But your personal life and your business. If you don't have that start there. Okay, you don't know how much money you need to make until you know how much money you have to spend. So that's where you start. Okay, you back into it. You think about the life that you want to lead. We've talked 
before about the hundred things exercise. Okay, yeah. where where you you sit down and write an exhaustive list of things that you want in your life with some time frames, and then you you contemplate the cost of those things, and then you kind of like reduce it down to the amount of money averaged over the period of time it's going to take to achieve, and then you add that to your budget. Okay, then you know you add in your savings goals, and then you add in your budgeting for kids' college goals, and then you add in your I want to buy a Tesla Cybertruck in two years when it comes out goals. You know, I mean, whatever, right? You add all that in and you come up with an income goal that you need to make in order to live the life you want to live. Now, once you have that, then you can contemplate what is my average sales price? What should it be? Okay, what is my average commission can be abstract, uh, you know, abstracted from or extrapolated from that? Then you basically just say, how many deals do I need to do at that average commission amount to make the money I want to make. It is that simple. And then if you want, you can go even farther and say, how many appointments do I need to go on to close one of those deals? Absolutely. How many people do I need to call to get one of those appointments? Yeah, and, and, and so there are assumptions made at every turn, right? Right. So I'll talk about a few of our assumptions. Well, we, we operate on what we call the 70-70 rule, okay, with respect to appointments turning into transactions. The 70-70 rule says that you should essentially earn exclusive representation of 70% of the people you meet with face-to-face, whether it's a showing appointment, a buyer consultation. Obviously, actually, you know, Marcy and I could talk about this. We just found that there was no correlation to a higher closing rate in 2019 for our team holding a consultation versus a showing appointment. Interesting. Which, which is contrary to what you would normally believe. Now, that's one year. It could be a blip. I'm not saying don't do consults, but for us in 2019, there was no correlation to higher conversion rate based on consultation versus showing up. I wonder, and I don't want to go too far in the weeds on this, but I wonder if it's because we hammer, like we hammer home so many of these concepts about what to do in a consult that agents on this team are doing very consultative type showing appointments. You know what I mean? You know, I think there could be something to that because I certainly thought about it, Gabe, and you're right. I don't want to get too deep. But what I will say is we train a lot on conducting a great showing. We, could, we train a lot on understanding the dialogues and delivering the consult dialogue in a showing appointment. Now, I believe there to be a trend of the consumer has to be yielded a certain amount of what they're wanting and looking for. Otherwise, they write you off from the beginning. Right. So if you are forcing a consult when a showing is really what's desired – that may be create, putting the agent and the client at odds from the beginning. Right. That could be part of it. Okay. But the fact that we the fact that we closed as many as an equal percentage from consults as we did showings because it was there was ba- virtually exactly the same. Um, you know, I think that would suggest that we're doing good consults too. Yeah. So we're not losing them because of the consult. No, I don't we're just so. not getting a higher percentage because of the consult. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. So back to the point I was trying, I was trying to make. Yeah. 70, 70% of the people you meet with face to face, you will earn exclusive representation from, you will also close a transaction with 70% of those. Okay. So 70% of 70% is 50%, 49%. Okay. But yeah. basically 50. So you can take essentially the number of closings you want and double it, understanding that you should get a closing from one out of every two or 50% of the appointments you keep. Right. It makes sense. So it's that simple. Okay. If you, you know, need to sell 30 homes, you need to go on 60 appointments. It's that, and that has to be qualified people that has to, you know, there's some other caveats, but 
sixty percent. That's good. It's or, like you said, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's, and what's interesting about this too, is all of this is being worked backwards, right? We're not doing the opposite. We're reverse not saying, engineering. We're not saying I sold 21 homes last year and, and I want to make, X. and I want to make 15,000 more this year. So I need to bump my transaction goal by five. Right. Which I mean, is a pretty traditional, maybe a logical way to think about it. But by doing this backwards, you're adding in a lot of like really simple math that you can that you can use to figure out exactly where you're going to end up as long as you're constantly doing the right activities. Well, you can't I mean that's a feeling, okay? That's a desire. There's not a plan attached to that. Like, oh, I would like to do. I mean, like you're you're really just trying to employ the the law of attraction at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay? The law of attraction only works when you understand that the law of attraction and someone's desires drive their actions and their activities, right? So when you say, okay, I need to sell 30 homes this year. I need to go on 60 appointments. Well, that's a lot more, that's a lot easier to come by. Okay, well, what, what, what do I do if, you know, every year for the last five years, I've gone up two transactions a year by my sphere of influence. I started off at 20 and now I'm, or I started off at 10 and now I'm at 20. Well, you got, in our example, you've got to account for another 10 transactions or another eight at least because you're going to go up by two per year. Where are you going to find that eight? Well, you need to get, you need to start proactively prospecting. You need to sit a few more open houses. You need to run a few more ads. You need to buy some leads from an internet service. You need to go get some agent referrals. You need to you know, find a niche in the market. You got to do, you got to do something to account for those transactions. Right. But this is reverse engineering. Okay. So let's go back to the original premise. You should already have this in place for two to three months. You should have already, you know, understood and calculated and accounted for the expense attached for the activities attached. So now Let's say that you have done all that. And if you haven't, then you're probably 30 to 60 days out from real action. Okay. Because it takes that much planning, which is why we start in October. Okay. Um, so what do you do now if you've done all those things? Well, it's real simple. You get down to execution. Okay. So you talked about being a words or a... Um, like a guiding a resolution purpose or a words person or a resolutions person. Yeah. I'm a word person. Okay. But I'm a words, a word person, um, as a function of what my word is, my word is focus. Yeah. Okay. Um, a second one could be simplicity. Okay. So for me, like the biggest barrier to execution is complication. So when you complicate things, you have a hard time executing. At least me. I overanalyze. If I overanalyze, I'm almost assuredly not going to take action. Okay. You know, and and you know, you you could probably attest to this. Marcy, who's in the room, could also attest to it. When I just do something, shit gets done. It gets done. Yeah. It just gets done. Like literally, Marcy's like, "Hey, you going to do this today? Oh wait. Oh yeah, sure. Right now. Bam. Dial the number. When I do that, it gets done. Yeah. Right when now. I think and analyze. Stuff gets delayed. Mm-hmm. So there's a time for analysis, for sure. Yeah. But there comes a time for execution. So January is the time for execution. October is the time for analysis. Yeah. So that's what you got to do. Put one foot in front of the other. It's that simple, Gabe. Yeah, start today. And I think another thing, another way we tie this in and make it similar to people's New Year's resolutions is I think one of the pe- reasons you hear people joke about gyms being empty in February and things like this is because people... January 17th. January 17th is the day that most Americans cite as abandoning their resolutions. Wow. That's like a week from now. 
Yeah. Well, and this it proves my point. The point that I was going to make is I think the number one reason resolutions get abandoned is because people don't see results right away. Right. Mm, they crave they crave some kind Instant of payback on their effort and their excitement. And when it doesn't come quickly and it's all just kind of like this grind, it takes a lot of the magic away that wasn't there in the first week of January. And so obviously this has got to be happening to people in real estate too, right? Coming into the office every day from January, you know, to all the way through today and prospecting for a few hours, but you haven't set an appointment yet or you got stood up on two appointments. It's one of those sucky feelings that makes you want to prospect less, but you have to know that that is not a reaction that's going to yeah. yield positive benefits for you. Well, I can't remember if it was Jocko Willink or, you know, uh, David Goggins. It was, it was a, it was a seal for sure. And one of the more motivated, one of these really hardcore guys, one of the yeah. hard nosed, hardcore, like, you know, those guys said something like anybody can contemplate, you know, a great change in their life when they're in the comfort of their own confines, like in, on the couch in like, you know, 72 degree temperature, like with their sweats on and like, yeah. you know, a cold drink in their hand, right? Like everyone can contemplate great transformation under those circumstances. It's like when you get punched in the mouth, right? By reality, figuratively, of course, Yeah, maybe literally, I don't yeah. know yeah. if you're a boxer. Um, you know, or you go out for that run on January 6th and it's, you know, 15 degrees outside. Yeah. And it just sucks, you know, and it just sucks. Or, you know, for me when, you know, I'm trying to turn the page and my, you know, my three month old decides after sleeping till seven for a week straight that he's going to wake up at three forty five for three days in a row. And I end up like in a place that I didn't expect to be still trying to will myself to achieve it like circumstances happen, right? Yeah. Those guys, you know, illustrate that point better than anyone, but that's just, that's just it. Gabe execution is about focus. Execution is about desire. Execution is, it, it's about starting. So there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of doubt. Um, clarity of purpose is another big thing. A lot of people pay lip service to goals, objectives, resolutions. This makes me think of something. You might have to Google this for me because I don't know if I remember the acronym, but it's called, just like Google, hard goals versus smart goals. Have you heard of this? You know, obviously, well, I know what smart goals everyone's are for sure. familiar with those. Those are, you know, um, tell me here with the acronym of smart. I know measurable, you know. <laughs> specific. Specific, there you are. Specific, measurable, measurable attainable, attainable. Realistic and, and timely. Time sensitive, timely. Yeah, so someone had written an article that I was reading when I was in an airport a couple of days ago, and mm -hmm. it was smart goals versus hard goals. And I think that they were heartfelt was the H. I'm trying to think what the A Animated, was. required, and difficult. Required and difficult. And this was, they were saying like, they like this more than SMART goals. I mean, they're just two different interpretations, but it was way more focused on, instead of saying, well, I could do this, here's a SMART goal because I, it's, it's possible, but I don't care about it. This is like what my boss wants me to do this year and it's possible, so here so we go. So that's a hard goal? No, that's just what he says is a SMART goal. And his argument for the hard goal is this is something that you have to do in order to have the life that you want. You're animated about it. It's heartfelt. It's got to be something that, it's got to be something that no is not an option, and it's got to be difficult, or else you won't actually. I mean, I, I, I skimmed it. Heart, I will admit, wait, heartfelt. I'm, I'm trying to. Find, I'm sorry. I had it. Okay, smart, specific, measurable, achievable. Okay, yeah. Realistic and time sensitive, time bound. Hard goals. Yeah, I had it. I'm gonna have to go back. Um. It was on the prior screen, and I'm 
thumbing through this Forbes article. And it's Not like, to, yeah, it's going to ask you to. What was it? Heartfelt? Heartfelt, animated, required, and difficult. See, I think the smart goals assume required. But here's the thing I'll say to that. My, my, my reaction to the hard goals, this is the first I've heard of it. Like right here, right now is the first I've heard of this. Just get your um, gut reaction. Hard goals, you know, the, it seems, well. This seems more like the Jocko style I, of, yeah. like, thought. That's what made me think of it when you mentioned that. I don't know. Heartfelt animated. I don't know what they mean by animated. Required and difficult. Um, I think That's interesting. I think when it says required, it means like you could have a goal that's like lose 25 pounds, but you won't die if you don't lose 25 pounds, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. And that's my, my reaction is, is that... Um, it can't just to, be something that you requ- want because it would be cool. Well, the required part. Okay. So... You know, great example would be, you know, my father's had some health issues. Okay. Um, he has to, has to, you know, partake in a low sodium diet. He has to. Has to. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's not a goal to me. That's a like, good point. That's okay. a good point. So, goals are goals not, goals are imply. never required. Yeah. Okay. And the easiest thing to do in this world is remain inactive. Yeah. Okay. The easiest thing to do is allow the status quo. Okay. So, you know, to me, like required is a bit, I don't know, it goes a little too far. Um, I, I totally believe in the heartfelt. I totally believe in the difficult because I think difficulty re- makes something more rewarding. Yeah. So I, I think there's something to that. Um, I, don't, I just, I think it's perfect. a bit of a stretch trying to make an acronym a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it was and like the acronym came first and then the words came. I think probably. I know I've done that before. I think I probably, and this is in response. Like it wouldn't exist unless smart goals, which I just think that's a lot more specific, measurable, yeah, achievable, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway. Anyways, you made me think of it when you were talking about what Gog- you were saying. About Goggins. Yeah. So. Okay. So this is good though. I mean, literally there is nothing to do. Besides, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, start, go. go. Right. Um, you know, a month from now, I'm going to tell you, don't stop. Yeah. Okay. A month from then, I'm going to tell you to reflect. Okay, and adjust. And that's important too, because I think if you reflect too early right now with a small data set from psych, your January, psych, psych yourself out. In a in a, a notoriously difficult month for real estate, like we're not going to blame it on the month of the year, but. It's not the time to reflect on 2020's success in on January 31st, right? You no, need to like you need not. to put in the time and then look back. No, I mean there's you know the best time to reflect on in real estate is like August. Like I mean you've come through what is typically the most seasonal b- busiest seasonal time of the year. Yeah. Right? You two do usually get about a 30-day like slow set and then you pick it back up, push through yeah. Thanksgiving and then you start the process over again. But, um, yeah, don't, don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't waste time reflecting before you have any actual results. Yeah. You know, and operating off of feeling is a big, big problem in our industry, but that's because we're, we're, we're small businesses. In most cases, we're the, you know, we're the, we're the wait staff, we're the reception staff, yeah, we're, the an cook, we're the cleaner, we're making process. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We're, we're, the, we're, we're, we're the equivalent of a small restaurateur. Like we do everything <laughs> literally yeah. start to finish in most cases. It's a good right? point. And if you aren't, that means you progress through that and you have been that at one point in your career because you just can't get started. And then also we're talking about applying really, you know, statistical, like really finely measured and calculated uh, equations to, d- to determine your success to a business that is inherently people-focused and it, it very is. liquid. It has to do with people's decision-making 
And there's very little of it that you can actually control. You're just facilitating other people's whims. There I are, guess. Se- there are so. se- well, there are serious trends though, Gabe. I yeah. mean, there are serious trends where, you know, you can make assumptions, numerical assumptions and apply statistics you know, throughout your business. I mean, you really can. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't discourage you from taking an analytical approach. No, definitely not. Um, but I do understand your point probably, which is you have to leave contingency and room for error in those projections. Yeah. That's why I, I appreciated in the opening you said, this is when we project. We don't set goals. We yeah. project. Yeah. Right. We make projections, not goals, because the truth is like this is a science now. These are data based. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is a science. It's not about what we want. This is about what we can expect. I mean, this is no joke. So so, you know, we've got some lofty goals or projections. Um, You know, we've projected 500 transactions for this coming year. We did 327 this past year. Yeah. Okay. With, you know, a team that started off much smaller than the one is today. And I literally have projected number of transactions for each agent on our team. And it lands right at about 500, right at about 500 at 200,000 average sales price is a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Average commission around 3% is $3 million. Okay. We have a, we have a marketing budget that plays in line with that. Okay, that we know that that's that amount of gross revenue supports the amount of money that we're going to spend to do it, and now it is time to go freaking get it. Yeah. That's that's what today is. Not worry about small deviations from day yeah. to day, week to week. Just focus on doing the specific yeah. thing we planned right. Yeah, on absolutely. Day. I mean, like you're, you know, if we're if we're getting a six x return on Zillow in the first quarter, we're looking at five x. I'm not going to like hit the. I'm not going to you know pull the ripcord. Ooh, 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 yeah. And back sell, off. sell, sell. Yeah, yeah. It's not that, right? You know, we're we're gonna stick with this, and then we reflect at the end of the year. Exactly. I mean, otherwise, you never move far enough, fast enough to get anywhere. Yeah. So, all right. Before we go, the rise of Skywalker. I liked it. Is that all you're gonna give me? That's that. That's my short take. If you want the long take, everybody better just buckle their okay, seatbelts. So let's just say this. Marcy's just gonna hit stop. Let's just say Marcy says we have four minutes. Um, <laughs> let's say this. Okay. Um, critics and viewers have been on opposite ends of this one. It's interesting. I don't, and, and it's been that way with all three movies. Yes, of the final trilogy. Here's what I'll say: I did like it. I don't think it was perfect. I wish J.J. Abrams would have done, done a little. Three. Done a little. No, not necessarily. Honestly, you like I, Ryan Johnson? I did. I liked. I liked Last Jedi, and I liked Ryan Johnson's ideas that he had trying to do really original stuff with Star Wars. But J.J. Abrams kind of was just like, eh, that movie didn't even exist and kind of moved on. I wish he would have just like, just like kind of worked on tying some of these loose things up. I saw a hilarious, um, like a little meme the other day. It's like, it's like Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. He's like, I can't wait to leave this place. And then it says 35 years later and it's Ray bearing the, the lightsabers. And then it says directed by J.J. Abrams. That was really funny. So the, like the best part, the part that I love, and I agree with you, I think, Abrams came to this movie and just said, Ryan Johnson does not exist. This is my movie. This yeah. I cannot believe they let you ruin my trilogy is what they is what that's it, what Abrams you know what, thinks. It probably would have been more cohesive if he did all so, three. I, I don't mind I don't mind the lack of cohesiveness, but like the funniest part of The Rise of Skywalker is when Finn sees Rose. Oh yeah. Do you recall that? Yep. And he gives her like the awkward pat, like, all right, go get him. And, oh, like, and then she, they move off in a different got, direction. She got the shaft so terribly she, in this movie. Like they they had set up that like, like love interest romance. story. And then this whole movie was her basically trying to get his attention while he like stiff armed her like, out of the shot. Like, like see ya. <laughs> sorry, um, I've got work to do. I feel like there were some things that um I think I feel like 
the movie was a bit clunky because of Abrams trying to correct some of the things. And, you know, Ryan Johnson supposedly had some really risque for Star Wars ideas and narratives. For the next that he, one? No, that for this one. Right, yeah. That he had set in motion that, that ended got up getting completely axed. getting axed. Yeah. You know, some other challenges that I struggle with is I feel like I feel like you didn't though it made sense to me like the the return and, and spoiler alert, you need to turn yeah. you need to turn this off right now if you haven't seen it. <laughs> but um and I don't think we've spoiled yet. But nope. other than that, um the Emperor returning was cool. I liked it. I liked the fact that they didn't really play up. They really didn't explain who the evil was in the first two movies. You yeah. know, like Snoke was this like retread on like this evil character, but you knew he wasn't the big deal, right? You knew right. it the whole time. Somebody else is pulling the strings, but I felt like they could have developed that a little more. And I, I, I was really surprised it. to see it in the first line of the opening scroll too, right? You sit down, yeah, the, the theater goes speak. dark. And it's like this, like the emperor's back. I was like, okay, yeah. All well, right. the first three words of the crawl is the dead speak. Yeah, and at that moment, you just know, okay, this is how they're going to wrap it all up. They're going to bring back all these dead people to tell you what happened to them and mm -hmm. to like retcon their story and like tie it in. One thing is, there's two different times in the movie where you hear the disembodied voices of characters from movies past kind of talking. Yeah. And I was sitting there in theater. I was like, I know who that is. I know who that is. Yeah, I know who that is. Like, I was like just the voiceover. Like they had the the Anakin guy. Who's the actor? The bad actor. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen's voice yeah. is in that. Samuel L. I mean, Jackson. So Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. like uh, Mace Windu. Yeah. So yes, I'm a nerd. Thank you. Love you guys. <laughs> um, David Blanford asks, "What's up with Ray, Finn, and Poe hugging at the end? Are they? They, a they are our heroes. Okay. Our so so this speaks to, and I think okay so." There is was rumor that um, that there were going to be other couples formed, some very unexpected mm. that got cut out. I particularly really like that. <clears throat> excuse me, Ray does not have a love interest. Okay, she's like fully she, yeah. a fully committed like badass Jedi now, and like she's a solo, she's a solo. Well, actor, I like so that. that's fine. With me. I, I like that Ben came back. Yes, that was cool. Redemptive Kylo moment, and is now gone. We talked and about it, that. and is gone. Um, I like the fact that they made him disappear so that, so at, at after uh, after he saves her so that you wouldn't be hoping that she saves him again. Yeah, exactly. And like there was this endless loop, yeah, <laughs> right? That's a good point. <laughs> so so um, but there was there was rumored to be some very risque coupling that did not happen. Oh, in what would have been the Ryan Johnson version? In the Ryan Johnson version. Yes. I want to read this. I would love yeah. to know. So, um, and I will say two of them are the characters that David just mentioned. Mm, interesting. So, and it didn't happen. Oh, interesting. Yes, very interesting. I, I, Poe. I think I've heard rumors ben about that Poe. too. So anyway, um, <laughs> but that didn't happen, obviously. And did you realize, did you make the, the connection that... Um, the uh, Lando Calrissian's, that was his daughter. That was so heavy-handed. I just decided to ignore it. It I was really like, was his daughter, and they didn't... I feel like they, they left it... Was it way certainly to, his it daughter? It really is. It's in... Apparently, there is a... There is a, a visual dictionary for okay. the Star yeah, Wars yeah. trilogy that you can buy, and it tells you a lot of backstory. Man, I just, I was just like, not everyone has to be secretly related to somebody for this to be a Star Wars movie. It's like not every character has to have a secret relative that we all get excited about. I'll be honest, though, I kind of, I kind of liked Ray when I didn't think that she was someone's daughter. It was very important that that's not how her story started. I was like, let's let her be. But I liked without... it better. Yeah. Yeah. 
We gotta I, get Marcy a mic. Yes, get Marcy a mic. Anyway, um, in 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 summation, yeah. I will say I really enjoyed the movie. Yep. Um, from a fan perspective, same. I could poke holes in the storyline until the cows come home, but I really enjoyed it, and I actually really enjoyed all of it. I didn't feel as strongly against um, the Last Jedi that. A lot of people had that feeling. I thought it had a look that was really cool, that fresh, Same. that like they didn't achieve in the second the second trilogy. I thought that was really cartoony and hokey with the Jar Jar Binks and all that nonsense. Yeah. I think this was kind of raw and that's a how more Rogue current. One was for me. Rogue One and is maybe it's my like my second favorite. Dude, Star Rogue Wars One movie. just my I, and but the Mandalorian is incredible. Have you seen it all yet? I need two more episodes. I'm the on Mandalorian six, so. is incredible. John Favreau is killing it on that. So anyway. Thank you guys so much. You probably tuned out. Um, Bobby, of course. No one going to mention that Poe flew a plane unaffected into combat after being shot and then went back to a sling. <laughs> I don't know, Bobby, man. That flying was flying one-handed. You're flying one-handed. Anyway, um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I think in summation... You know, it's a new year. It's a new season of resource. We like to give you a little fun in the episodes every once in a while. Gabe and I are kind of into Star Wars. There's some of you rolling your eyes. By the end of season three, this will be a Star Wars podcast. (laughs) It will not be a Star Wars podcast. I promise. Resource. Real talk about Star Wars. (laughs) That's what it's going to be. All right. The end. Moving on. Great guests coming at you next week. Wednesday at noon. Don't forget, if you're hearing this on iTunes and you're not a member of our private Facebook group, remember, you can't search for it on Facebook and find us. You need to get a hold of Gabe and I. We are easily found. Just send us a DM. We'll get you added. Yep. Um, you know, and with that, I guess we'll see you next week. For Gabe Pruitt, I'm Jay Pitts. Welcome back to Resource Season 3. We'll see you real soon. Bye-bye.